Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Comedy Podcast, where we talk about your favorite movies, music, TV shows, and more. I'm Tori. I'm Marin. I'm Nia. And I'm DeCoria. And the squad has gathered here today on this lovely uh, spring evening to bring you another edition of Black Cinema. <laughs> but before we get into the episode, we want to thank everybody who joined our Discord. This past week, we got a, a, a lot of more of our lovely, lovely people in the Discord. Make sure you can join. You can find that link in our link tree. Um, and we just like want to build a community and start doing community stuff. So um, yes, please come join our Discord. Talk to us on there. I rant and rave on there about stuff that it's probably not ever going to be on the podcast. So uh, you can get some exclusive insight to our random thoughts, which is always fun. But um, always thanks for listening. And don't forget to wear your uh, mask, sunscreen, and water as we jump right into this episode. You know, um, Marin is going through a phase where she's rewatching black films that she's never seen before. Um, and she brought to the table that we should watch Vampire in Brooklyn. Marion, do you want to explain to the people why you brought this to the table? <laughs> because I was doing my thing and I, I think I was on YouTube and something. I was like early 2000s or late 90s films. And I saw the mm-hmm. trailer for this and I said, oh, oh <laughs> I have to watch it. And then I watched it and I said, oh, this is a comedic masterpiece. I don't know if that was the intention, <laughs> but this is, I have struck gold right here. And I need, and when I found out that I don't think any of y'all had seen it, I was like, oh. I've seen it before. Okay. Yeah. Corey has like, seen it. I was like. Very yeah, long time ago, though. This is, I think I've seen maybe the trailer, maybe parts of it. Like, I knew it was a movie, but I've never watched it in full. And if I did, I don't remember it. So that's how I felt about the movie. What about you, Nia? Is this your first time watching? I had no idea this existed. <laughs> I was, I looked at this poster and I said, Eddie Murphy and Angela Bassett? Huh? <laughs> I was shocked. And then I said, wait, how did I not know this existed? How is this not? on BET every weekend what's going on so that was my round it used to be on TV a lot uh, back in the day like in er the early 2000s yeah why is this I I don't remember that at all I feel like this was literally like fresh to my mind never seen it never heard of it yeah this was an interesting (laughs) interesting watch um uh have we seen a lot of eddie murphy movies i mean eddie murphy is a staple in the black household i don't think you could be black in america and have not seen an eddie murphy film yeah dr doolittle uh coming to america uh donkey and shrek i mean he's everywhere (laughs) what's the other one daddy something daddy's daycare yeah yeah yeah, daddy daycare my favorite mm-hmm. one is The Haunted Mansion because that's a childhood oh, classic. Oh, a classic. A, a classic. <laughs> Innovative. A classic horror film. So, a spoiler-free review of Vampire <laughs> in Brooklyn. <laughs> Can we even... Spoiler-free. Um, if you like horror comedies, watch it. If you yeah. like um, overpowered villains, watch it. If you want to see Angela Bassett body a corset, watch it. Um, it's very camp. It's yeah. very yes. camp. Do not take this movie yes. seriously, no. please. You are for the ruining love of God. the experience if you are taking this as a serious <laughs> film. You can't take this as a serious film. You have to be like, I need to turn my brain off for an hour and forty minutes, and then you turn on Vampire in Brooklyn. 
and that's the that's the best way to do it. Um, you can't question a lot of things, even though if I'm going to question a lot of things as we get to this recap. But yeah, that's the spoiler free review. I think this is. I understand why this is a cult classic now. Um, it's it's the epitome of what a B class '90s horror comedy looks like. <laughs> oh, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> So, so with that in mind, um, let's just go ahead and start. Let's just jump into this. Uh, <laughs> I will be leading the recap, but please feel uh, in free to jump in at any moment. So we start off this recap with a voiceover from our lead character, who we don't know. And he says, there was a race of people called the Nasfrotto now. I had to pause here because I said, I've seen this word before. Where if we've seen this word before, Tori... Click, click, let's get into film majors. Nosferatu, the Vampire, a Semperia of Horror, is a 1922 silent German expressionist horror film that I had to watch in film class. It's based off of Bram Stoker's 1897 novel Dracula. And... It's crazy how he says Nosferatu because it sounds like he's saying it like it's an Egyptian word <laughs> or of like some kind of like African like dissented word, but it's German. And I was like, that, that right there, that was two minutes into the film. I was like, wait, <laughs> my brain. But I was like, okay, we're getting lore. So this is a race of people called the Nosferatu who were driven from Egypt. Most of them fled to Transylvania. But then the group that was with our main character, whose name is, we're just going to call him Max. We don't really know his name yet. They flew to the Bermuda Triangle. And I said, pause. Are y'all alluring <laughs> to the fact that, you know how they say when you go to the Bermuda Triangle, you disappear? Are you telling me the reason that <laughs> people disappear in the Bermuda Triangle is because these vampires on the fucking island? I yes. said... <laughs> you won't answer the question for us. I was like, okay, okay. Um, you know, but they were only to be discovered by hunters. And I was like, oh, hunters. Okay, so we're gonna get vampire hunters in this story as well. Um, he's a vampire, you know, you know, and during that hunt when they found them in the Bermuda Triangle, Max was the only one to survive. And so, you know, your doom like vampires are pack animals basically and so they can't be alone and so he said i had to go find the last member of our tribe who was said to be in brooklyn so i'm thinking he's going to go find a child listen i did not look at the poster or nothing i just jumped into the movie <laughs> i'm thinking he's gonna go find a child this is a coming of age of you know imperial powers shit quickly was this thought <laughs> this thought uh, recaptured so then we cut to a uncle and a nephew watching a game show um the uncle is if you're in a black household you know who this man is it's uh john witherspoon (laughs) and i was like oh so this is gonna have a bunch of black actors i've seen before in it he's up there you know doing his spit being a kind of creepy kind of old uncle like at a cookout type of thing this is i feel like in most poc cultures everybody has a weird uncle you know which uncle i'm talking about um and so they're as they're watching this show a rusty dusty giant ass boat is just crashing into the harbor and somehow this 20 inch box screen tv is loud enough for them not to hear this fucking boat <laughs> crashing behind the wood. Y'all, when I say crashing, this boat is going to get like 
not even two miles per hour and it's crashing into the harbor into their building and they don't realize the boat is crashing into the building until it's what in the fucking building so <laughs> the boat crashes into the building they're like hey yo what the fuck is going on i'm i'm glad you get up in your your, your conscience now <laughs> um uncle and nephew jump up um we realize um, the nephew's like, hey, yo, um, this is all you. I got to go to my girl's house. I'm late. And so <laughs> the uncle climbs up onto the boat. And the first thing he says is, hey, yo, mother- ahoy, motherfucker. I said, this is the blackest. <laughs> this is the blackest. He goes, ahoy, motherfucker. And I was like, this is going to be funny. So he goes on this boat. He starts to find that the crew of this boat are all dead. There's, they're bleeding from their necks. There's bodies everywhere. As he searches deeper into the boat, he gets attacked by a motherfucking wolf. <laughs> and I said, huh? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> the wolf, like, jumps over him, jumps off the boat, and turns into a human. And I said, okay, this didn't... Did, did, for most people who are in the West who read or watch vampire stories, vampires usually turn into bats, right? Yeah. They don't turn into wolves. I know in some European folklore that werewolves never existed. It was always vampires, and people just um, took that pack-like mentality of vampires and made it into werewolves. I know that that type of lore exists. So I was like, okay, fine, whatever. The nigga shapeshifts into a wolf and then turns into a human. That's fine. So we cut to Julius, who's the nephew. Julius gets kicked out of the house from his girlfriend's Ava. Ava because he was asleep while they were having sex and I was like well this nigga ain't shit um and as he's getting kicked out of the house we see a dude across the street in a car that says hey that's Julius over there he's running from the pizza man because obviously somebody owed him money niggas are always running for people who owe them money so like this is nothing new right in black cinema at least <laughs> like how think about it real quick audience and you guys how many black movies have you watched where it starts from somebody running from somebody else that they owe money <laughs> yeah there's a lot there's <laughs> a lot so julius gets chased down into an alley where he's getting basically basically roughed up by these dudes named tony and I some other dude pause <laughs> here because this when um Whatever, when Anthony pops out of the car and he's like, No, that's Tony. And the uh-huh. man that popped out is Tony plays Skinner <laughs> in X Files. And I had to pause for a second because the last thing I'd seen in this man is playing this like rough and tough FBI agent. Only for, only for him to come up with this stereotypical Italian, <laughs> New York Italian accent and be pointing his <laughs> gun at this man. Like, I had to pause at this moment because I. It's one of those things where you've seen an actor in a role you were not expecting for him to be in. Right, right. So they're talking about how much he owes him money. They finna kill him. Then all of a sudden, the alley is full of smoke. And here up pops Max. This is the first time we get to see Eddie Murphy in the face. He's got a jerry <laughs> curl. He's wearing a trench coat. <laughs> and I was sitting here like, he's got this weird, in, in, unplaceable accent. It sounds His accent. <laughs> like, what was going on? It sounds like first generation african-american and i don't understand where he was supposed to be from it was weird um (laughs) so he walks through the smoke he's like i'm a connoisseur of death and so tony the other guy i don't know whatever the the dude with the gun one of the italian dudes shoots him five rounds in the chest he just falls over and i'm like uh all right 
And Julie's like, oh, you ain't got no bullets left? He's like, I got one bullet for you. So then Max stands up and the weirdest, he had to be pulled on wires. because like, <laughs> <laughs> The movement was so stiff. So he's pulled on wires and um, he starts talking about how he's been hung. He's been um, you know, stabbed to death. And then he says he was broken on the rack. And I said, pause. What the fuck does that mean? Because I'm a murderino. Broken on the rack is where they used to tie you to this rack and then stretch you out till you die. Oh it's a torture God. device. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> That's hilarious that, well, not hilarious, but it's just like, th- for that to be like a reference, like that's like a, it's a, it's a very random reference. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I'm not even going to describe it. You can Google that on your own. Um, <laughs> so um, he does this. And then after he gets shot, he's heals. I have a question though. Why does his clothes heal and his body heal? Like the bullet holes where the bullets would in heal too. And I was like, are his clothes magical? Um, <laughs> and so, you know, he's like, you stay here. He says that to Julius. And then he reaches into Tony's chest and takes out his heart. <laughs> and I was like, that scene? <laughs> like more heart into it. As his, there's a beating heart in his hand. I said, oh, oh God. He does that and his voice changes. And that's what really threw me off. I was like, what is this deep demon voice all of a sudden, right? And so he says to Julius, don't go anywhere as he goes to try to kill the other Italian dude. And I was like, Julius, don't let your dumbass stay here. Thank God. Julius not a dumbass. He ran off. Julius runs off couple blocks down goes into this warehouse he's like oh they ain't finna get me they ain't finna get me he pulls out a lot of the smoke max jumps through the fucking window this is the first time i've seen the most this is the most ungraceful vampire (laughs) in the world i feel like when vampires move and things like that it's very like it's kind of like a mysterious air this thing is just busting through windows and doors and shit (laughs) and so he busts through the window and then opens his hands and flames come out i said is this man a vampire or a god? Why? <laughs> One liners in this movie would get me. He said, Let me light that for you. <laughs> it's not like it's a controllable little flame. No. It's like he was fire bending. Like he had like a huge ass flame in his hands. And so he basically opens Julius's mouth and drops blood in there. It says, Now you're my ghoul. And I'm like, okay what the fuck does that mean and so then we cut we get to see our female lead reader miss angela bassett she looks fantastic i'm gonna keep saying that this entire movie she looks fucking great i don't love the hair but the i was about to say they got they got eddie murphy's slick bag jericho wig <laughs> laid down and they got angela bassett in a wig like it's a hat <laughs> like yeah, her wig was not, not wigging no but yeah her wig was not wigging the face card was there and then, she looked great Yes, and she was in red and black the whole movie. Did I realize that? Um, yeah, and her style. I love the outfits they pick for her, too. Oh, my God, yes. Giving the girlies all. Um, So, we find out that she's a detective, which is weird, because they rolled up in a hoopty. They was in, like, a blue, like, hood car <laughs> when they drove to the scene, and it's her and her partner, Justice, in the car talking. And so um, as they pull up to the, the harbor where they're finna go on this boat. And so she looks, she's kind of like drawn to this boat and her supervisor, who's a white woman 
pulls just as aside and says, how your partner is doing? Oh, she's like, she's doing fine. And she's like, well, yeah, I'm worried about her because, she, you know, she can go crazy like her mother who died in a mental institution. And I was like, oh, well, there's that ableism. Um, so she goes into the ship. She's like being, you know, she's kind of spooked out. She's kind of feeling things. And as she um, is looking through this uh, ship, she starts to like have visions or um see things and so we cut back outside to julius and max arrive at the dock because they need to get his coffin before sunrise and so as they are standing in the crowd a canine dog comes out and starts to bark at max max tells the dog to jump and it explodes (laughs) i don't know how to describe this special effect it's like a spark happens the dog jumps and it lands in the water and i I I was like, did the dog just just pop off like fireworks? I've I've never thought of vampires having supernatural powers that are more than just the ability to like bite people and speed. And so him having all of this extra stuff, it was really taking me out. Listen, listen, y'all know I'm a lure girl, right? Like your lure has to be clear. It has to be concise. It has to be like, there's rules. There are no rules. <laughs> this man has too many powers. He's like the vampire <laughs> avatar. Like, <laughs> truly, truly, it's giving Avatar last year, but they're fire lord. <laughs> like, it's like, it's, oh God. Anyway, so after that happens, Rita falls into the bowels of the ship and that's where she finds Max's coffin. She opens the coffin and she sees herself in the coffin and her and her dead self tries to bite him. She's having all these visions. She's hearing voices and all of a sudden Max shows up and he's like, you know, I'm here. And she's like, she asks who's here and he's like, I'm here. And then like, I don't know what the fuck happens in this moment. I was like, did she blast him with wind? Like, I don't know what made them break apart. Like, she panicked and, like, a power happened and he ran off, right? I thought and it was... I thought it was because he was surprised because he he was about to attack the person, right? And he didn't realize it was her. And then he says, it's you. And before she, and when she screams and sees him, then he runs away. Oh, was that what that was? Because <laughs> he says... Listen. It, from him saying it's you that's what i assumed okay yeah that's a great explanation i didn't girl i watched that scene twice and i was like i'm confused (laughs) um so justice comes to find rita we realize that she's not really easily spooked after her encounter with max and so they find that julius is taking max to his apartment where he's staying with his uncle and so he's pulling this giant ass coffin (laughs) up the stairs but we also realize that julius is basically turning into a zombie like his ears are falling off his skin is starting to look decayed and so uh max is going to live with julius in this like rundown apartment in brooklyn um and he keeps saying that he needs to find rita before the next full moon so we walk back to uh rita's apartment um we were watching her walk down the street and she's like being easily spooked she's seeing voices again she's having visions and we're just like you know we're concerned for her she finally gets into her apartment um we go to the next day and they find tony's they find the tony 
and the Italian, two of the Italian boys' bodies two blocks from the docks. And so Rita and Justice are kind of like on this like back and forth. And she's like, he's like, you know, you're being superstitious and all this stuff. And so um, they're at the police station and they find out, they said there was a book of logs on the boat that had a un distinguishable language so they gave it to this guy called dr zeko and so justice and rita are going to go find dr zeko and julius who's just this scene was so disgusting julius who is um disguised as a janitor overhears this he's like oh i got all the information i need he looks down on the desk there's a giant ass Mm -hmm. cockroach which he proceeds to pick up and eat I was like, this movie is not <laughs> the roller coaster has not ended. <laughs> um, so we hop back over to Julius, and he's uh, Julius. He's talking to Max and say they're going to Doctor Zeko's, Zeko's or whatever you pronounce his name. And Max says that Rita's vision of seeing herself in Max's coffin was a sign that she's supposed to be destined to be Max's mate. And so, but Rita has to give herself voluntarily. If she doesn't give herself voluntarily, the mating thing doesn't work, right? Um, they were in the car. <laughs> Julius and Max are in the car. And Julius is a very annoying, very loud character. And he's asking Max all these questions. And he turns the mirror. And you can see that you cannot see Max in it. And so Max blows wind. And I was thinking, <laughs> is this telekinesis? What the fuck <laughs> is this? But he blows wind and basically gets um julius to shut up and breaks the mirror or whatever um so we were back to rita and justice and they're walking to dr zeko's club and they find out that the seaweed is from a boat in the caribbean like on a like a very determined location so they know that the boat came from the caribbean to brooklyn um so dr zeko is a club it's a dance club it's an afro dance club they go in um, they meet Dr. Zeko, who's got like, a scar on his face. He's talking about, oh, you know, the dark one in the Caribbean. And he mentions stuff and he has the logs in his hand and he talks about, and he looks at Rita and he says, you have to keep your faith strong and believe in yourself because obviously something's coming. Obviously something's happened to her. It looks like he knows more than what he's telling us. And so then um, uh, Justice gets a call or something. So Rita sits at the bar. She's got the log in her hands. And this, for some fucking reason, there is a goddamn King Cobra in a glass container at this club. And the Cobra started banging its head against the, the glass until it broke a piece off. And so while that's happening, Max pulls up and he's talking to Rita. He's being flirty. He's being seductive. He's talking about, I'm like, you know, the she's asking, he says, there's a killer on the loose. And she says, well, do you know who the killer is? He said, yes, it's right behind you. And you turn around as a goddamn King Cobra. And now the Max and King Cobra have this stare down until Max grabs a King Cobra by its throat. And then the guy who owns the snake, he's like, oh my God, this never happened before. I'm sorry. Um, so... They start, you know, Max lays on the flirting really quick. It's interesting because I don't think I've ever seen um, Eddie Murphy as a, mm-hmm. in a, what could be seen as a heartthrob role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was wild. <laughs> I was like, this is different. I, And I guess it's because we've grown up on him doing, well, for me, I, the first time I ever saw him was in Shrek. So I just, I associate him with like man over 45 so oh, i don't comedy yeah. vibes yeah. yeah yeah it's like i can't associate him with being young 
So it's very <laughs> strange to see him be in this position. Right. And so um, they are about to dance, right? They're dancing. It's getting really sensual. But then Justice is like, hey, she's like, oh, my God, I'm on duty. I have to go. And so Justice takes Rita home. He goes up to the apartment. She's going to cook him coffee. And in walks her roommate, Nikki, who was on her hot girl shit, but it was giving <laughs> off very she's been possessed vibes. It was a very <laughs> weird introduction to her, right? Um, so Nikki walks in, she's like, Oh, you're fine. And like, um, Rita has great taste in men and Justice is like, I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go. Rita's like, you don't walk off. He's like, nah, I'm good. Nikki even follows him out to the street talking about, well, see if you left your keys, that means you didn't really want to leave. And he's like, yeah, no, peace out. <laughs> he drives off. Max pulls up. And Max was like, oh, he doesn't even have good taste. And Nikki was like, that's what I'm talking about. And I said, Nikki, sweetie, I'm here for your hot girl shit. You just met this man in the dark of night in the middle of the street. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Like, I'm here for Hot Girl Summer, babe, but this is not it. <laughs> but Nikki was on her Hot Girl shit, and she brings Max back upstairs. And Rita, who looks like she has insomnia and doesn't sleep well at night because she has nightmares, wakes up, hears Nikki fucking, and immediately thinks it's justice. And so she's mad, she's pissed. Um, she goes in her room to paint or whatever. Um, Nikki um, is basically killed in the middle of coitus and they do this really traditional blood through the keyhole thing and i was like that was unnecessary but okay <laughs> um but nikki's and so then there's this voiceover that happens and i was like oh <laughs> this voiceover that happens from max who talks about if you really want somebody you have to take everything from them and then give them everything they want and i said you sound like this is textbook serial killer one-on-one <laughs> you isolate this is like textbook abuse one-on-one it's yeah. to isolate people <laughs> and then love bomb them and that's exactly what he's doing and i was like this is scary as fuck like this is the only time where i was like that's frightening um <laughs> and so nikki left and um nikki left um max is like we're getting closer to what we can do and so then we see he's following rita and rita's like i gotta go to church i gotta go see my preacher her preacher is a man who drinks whiskey out of the side of a van who has his name on it who is also eddie murphy eddie murphy if you don't know is known for playing multiple roles in his own movies this preacher why, why was he why was he so sweaty it made i feel like i didn't want to look him in the face so Max goes to the preacher before Rita can get to him, kills him, and then proceeds to shapeshift into the preacher. I said, we're like at least 40 minutes into this movie, and we haven't seen all this man's powers. And it's so funny that he's got all these powers, and then he tries to walk into the church, and bitch, he starts burning. I said, all of this power, and this motherfucker still can't get past the cross? <laughs> So instead of having a church sermon inside the church where he cannot go to because he's, you know, an immortal vampire, he brings the people outside and has church on the street. And he starts to have this sermon. 
about how evil is good and that you cannot have good without evil and that there are two sides to every story and that it's just bullshit. It's because just he's saying a- <laughs> if, all, if every day is a good day, then what is a good day? <laughs> Y'all. No, he said, <laughs> if every day is every day's a sunny day, then what is a sunny, sunny day? day. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, I was in stitches. I cause I can't keep watching this. And what was killing me was that Rita was getting moved by the words of this pastor and i said what she, i thought she was looking confused like no there was like at the beginning about? of the sermon she kind of had like tears in her eyes and i was like babe <laughs> babe <laughs> so they have in this sermon and he calls out he calls out a member of the church for sleeping with a two dollar whore and goes uh back is like but that was good ass if he, he's like ass isn't bad y'all couldn't be bored of that with if ass was bad i was like i was just like i can't keep what kind of servant is this what i was like and okay go ahead yeah no i was just saying the fact that everyone just looked around and was just like i guess um huh i uh, sure <laughs> and then he started having them singing evil is good Evil is necessary. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> and so during this sermon, Justice shows up, right? And so Justice shows up to get Rita because, like, we got to go back, you know, we, we on duty or whatever. And he basically influences Rita to confront Justice about Nikki in front of all these people. It's like, you fucked her, didn't you? And Justice was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> she's like you fucked you know damn well what i'm talking about and she walks away and so justice follows her right he's like what are you talking about he's like i was he's like i was on duty all night i got five men at the station who can you know vouch for me you know i didn't fuck nikki she's like she's always taking whatever is mine and he stops he's like mine girl when i squealed i squealed (laughs) i have such a fucking soft spot for black people on screen i was like that was cute that was cute that was cute and it would have been cuter, but Justice is a dumbass. <laughs> but Justice continues to be a dumbass later on. But I was like, that is super cute. And he's like, you know, we got to just learn from each other. And I was like, ah, I'm, it's killing. The vibes are giving. And so then um, he's like, they find out that he tells Rita that the two, that Tony and the dude who were killed two blocks from the harbor are um, members of this famous Italian mobster. So we got to go talk to him. And so... <laughs> Um, back at the church sermon, Max jumps off the ledge of the building and transforms into Guido, who is an underling at the Italian restaurant, right? And so, um, basically, he can turn into people and absorb their thoughts, which is another power. Like, <laughs> oh, like oh no, I said this white man is not Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Listen. Girl, when I at first I was like, okay, this is just a dude who's playing a white dude who's playing same, Max, same. right? Yeah. When we first saw Guido, they so what happens is that Rita and Justice go into the restaurant. They're talking to the mobster. He's like, oh yeah, they were trying to you know collect money from this you know punk named Julius, and Justice is like, well, did Julius kill your boys? He's like, Justice couldn't you know tie his own fucking shoes, so no, he didn't kill my boys. And so as they're having this conversation. Guido walks back in and we can see his face up close. And I said, Is that Eddie Murphy in white face? <laughs> is that Eddie Murphy? First of all, it looked believable. Like, if he had to start talking, I was like, 
the nose is still giving very much i have a black ancestor somewhere <laughs> but i was just like this that's not eddie that's eddie murphy it's eddie murphy <laughs> but he basically comes in and sticks them all up and this scene made no fucking sense to me because guido with his one gun that's not even really aimed at anybody somehow got five motherfuckers to all drop their guns and i said <laughs> what so guido basically is making a scene he's like give me all your money give me all your cash he's like robbing the place or whatever and he takes rita as a hostage and basically you know rita saves herself she's like she takes a vase she smashes she disarms him and then throws him on the ground and um you know guido's being fucking annoying or whatever guido aka max or whatever and so they take him back to the station and Justice is so mad at her. Well, first of all, Guido is just put agonizing. Every other line of the scene is, shut up! <laughs> da, 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 da. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> I was like... So they're having this conversation. This is a, a, the reason why I was like, fuck Justice. He's like, you should have waited for me. You know, we gotta look out for another one another. And I was like, where the fuck were you when he literally grabbed her as a hostage in front of you? He was like, he had a 32 to your head. He's like... 32 is 45 i would never do it 32 i was like if you don't shut up widow shut up and so and he was like justice justice oh you were there at the titty bar a couple weeks ago and so he's antagonizing the relationship between rita and justice to isolate her even further but i was just like i was mad at justice because i was like nigga what the fuck was she supposed to do wait for you to do what you had no weapon like and i rewatched that scene because i was like what was he mad about and i'm like she disarmed him which was the right thing to do like she didn't just attack him when he still had the gun pointed to her she disarmed him and then threw him on the ground i was like if this bitch don't shut the fuck up, like, <laughs> what? he's like, you know, I care about you more than more than I probably should. And I'm like, this is why men need to learn how to communicate. You could have just said that. <laughs> <laughs> like, why are you pissed off at me for saving my own life? Oh, she did her job. <laughs> what else <laughs> was she supposed to what do? Were, what was she supposed to wait for? That's what I was <laughs> doing. We're not going to talk about Guido shooting the cat. The cat literally oh, oh, I forgot. <laughs> this 45 exploded this cat. <laughs> also, when they were leaving and the mobster was holding the cat's body, I said, what <laughs> deflated stuffed animal is that? <laughs> oh my god. So, basically, um, they're having this moment. Guido keeps antagonizing them. Then her supervisor calls her in and says, you're being suspended. And I said, for what? For, oh, wait. Before the suspension, after he said, I care about you more than I should have, Rita kind of backed down. And I said, bitch, if you don't stand up, you don't get the... I said, why are you being, why are you being swayed so easily? That nigga ain't done nothing. <laughs> he was just yelling at you. But her suspension, but her supervisor said, we're suspending you for two days. And I said, what the fuck for? I never understood that part of the movie. I was like, what is she getting suspended for? She did her job. Yeah. And so, while she's getting suspended, this, um... I guess extreme extremist veg, vigilante comes in and she's talking about it's the end of days. They're coming to kill us. It's the end of days. And so um, Guido keeps egging on justice. Justice almost punches him in the face and they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. We can't get on, you know, you know, police brutality charges. So justice walks away. And while justice is walking away, he basically mind controls this, you know, extreme religious woman says kill the cop. And she picks up a knife and tries to stab the cop that was the cock the cop jesus christ <laughs> the cop 
that had Guido in handcuffs changes back to Max and walks out of the police station. So Rita is sad. She's going home. <sighs> She's going home. She almost gets ran over by a taxi, which is being drive by Julius. And uh, Max saves her, right? He talks about, she's like, oh, it's you. He's like, it's Rita. I remember. And they're talking. And like, they're flirting or whatever. And I was thinking to myself, Max is smooth. But so was Ted Bundy. So <laughs> that's, that was my thought after the scene ended. But he was like, I'll have my my car, come pick you up in an hour. And I, she's just like, I just felt like I've seen you somewhere before and I know you. And I'm like, look at that baby. I just need, you need a vacation. I need you to just get away <laughs> from Brooklyn. Because <laughs> how you going to be swayed by justice is two words. And then this motherfucker with a jerry curl? In 1995? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on. So Rita's excited though. She's like, and so she, you know, goes in to get dressed. Justice pulls up in his car. And at first he was like, Yeah, no, Rita, I just want to talk to you. Like I he was like being really gentle with it, and then the misogyny kicked in. He was like, Hey, yo, sit down. <laughs> I gotta talk to you. And this is hyper masculine stuff. He's realizing how stupid he sounds, but he's hyping himself up in the car, right? And so as he's typing himself up, Rita comes out for her date. Bitch, this outfit? Dressed. Body. Dressed. Indeed. Angela Bassett has on this black dress. And she's got on like this red and black corset. And her hair looks the best it's ever been in this entire fucking film. And, you know, she's been, first of all, I was like, how the fuck you get all that shit done in an hour? <laughs> how she get her hair done in an hour? I don't understand. But she got on, you know, lipstick. She looks snatched for the gods. And so Justice is like back on his misogynistic bullshit. It's like, oh, where are you going? She's like, oh, I'm just going out to dinner. He's like, with your girlfriends? He's like, dressed like that? And I'm like, she's like, dressed like what? <laughs> He's like, no, you just you just look good. You know, like, let me give you a ride. She's like, oh, no, need my ride is here. So Julius' zombie robbing ass <laughs> gets out of the car, <laughs> um, opens the door for rita and takes her back to their place and max and another voice over is like if she would have gotten here one minute earlier she would have seen me casting spells to make julius's apartment you know up to our, my standards and i said spells <laughs> y'all this man yes. can basically cast <laughs> illusion spells, like hallucination spells what power number seven <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate power please somebody if you're watching this if you've seen um vampire in brooklyn are you gonna go watch it after listening to us please tell me how many powers this man has so she's like oh my god he's like he's like excuse me about the rest of the building i just bought it and i'm like huh okay whatever (laughs) and so they're in this um you know he you know let's have wine and red wine because wine is the only one i drink he's talking about look that's an actual van gogh Oh, you know, vampire bullshit. And so while this is happening, Justice goes to see Julius's ex, Eva, the woman at the beginning of the film. And Eva's like, oh, Julius is in trouble? Come on in. Let me tell you what's happening. And so while he's going to get that information, um, Rita, you know, forelongs about, like, I want to see the world outside of Brooklyn. I want to see, you know, I want to, you know, see what's outside of, um, you know, my little bubble. I want to travel. And he's like well we can do that and so they start dancing i this is a very minuscule thing but they're dancing to like caribbean music and i was like that is so great because usually you expect like in dancing scenes in vampire movies it's all the like european classical music 
So I'm going to just touch on that. I love that. So they're dancing. She's like, I never danced like this before. And it's getting sensual. And he's just saying, like, this life could be yours, Rita. This, you know, the traveling, the, 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 all of this. All you have to say is yes. And she says yes. And he bites her. And so then we cut to Justice, um, who's continuing to follow the leads to find Julius. Um, and his uncle, Julius's uncle, is like, oh, what you doing here, cop? He's like, you know, um, I ain't seen you around or whatever. He's like, oh, he's just, I'm looking for Julius. He's like, ah, Julius Jones? I don't know Julius Jones, but you know. He's like, but I, I know about your lady friend. And he's like, yeah, Rita was here. And he said, basically, that Rita and Max had got it on last night. And so, all of a sudden, Julius gets called a call that says, you know, we got this dead on arrival that we just found on 9th Street. And he goes... He's climbing up a building, and I'm like, damn, cops got to do all that shit. But he climbs up a fire escape, and they find they point to this woman who is wrapped in a cloth, hanging from the side of a building. And when Justice looks into the photo lens, it's it's Nikki, and she's dead in the exact way that Rita Rita paints. So when he was at their apartment in the beginning, when he first met Nikki. This is the exact way that she has died. So Justice Concern runs to Rita's apartment to find her passed out on her bed. Um, he's like, did you sleep all, like, he's like, did you sleep all day? Like, what's going on? And Rita's like, he's like, Nikki's dead. And Rita's like, what? What do you mean? He's like, she died the same way in your photo and your picture and um, your painting. Damn, I can't get the medium right. <laughs> she died the same way in your painting. And he's like, trying to comfort her and as the comforting's happening Rita's like getting even close to his neck and kissing him he's like Rita do you know what you're doing and so they're about to get it on she scratches blood through him and you know her fangs come in and she sees herself in the mirror and she sees that she's disappearing and um before that during this conversation (laughs) Justice basically says to her you know we're only human. We make mistakes. And I said, "Are you saying that to a murder suspect? <laughs> murder is murder is never not necessarily a mistake, especially one that gets hung up on the side of a building, sir." <laughs> um, Rita turns and almost kills Justice, and so she runs out of the building. She runs to the streets in dramatic ass fashion, <laughs> and she goes to confront Max. So she's going to confront Max, and uh, Julius tries to get in her way, and she hits him and he flies across the screen and he's like I'll handle this he's like oh yeah you handle this I'm gonna make, make y'all coffee and so <laughs> Julius is just comment, comment, constant comic relief and so she's having this conversation with Max he's like this is what you wanted this is what you asked for and Rita's like I didn't ask for this he's like I gave you the gift of eternal life he's like I will not be alone anymore selfish bastard and so they're talking about all this and you know max is talking about how he doesn't want to be alone and you know rita goes up onto the roof because this is like driving her insane and she wants to jump off but then max shows her that we can fly but before that he talks about like how um your father he's like if i he's like if i would have told you your father sent me would you have believed me if i would have told you that um, you're a vampire that this is your calling would you have believed me he's like your father sacrificed himself so you and your mother could live and so after being kind of persuaded by um by max 
Rita, you know, stops trying to end her life or whatever. I mean, cut to Justice, who's going to go see Dr. Zico, Zeko, Dr. Zeko's praying. Um, he's like, Rita, she's missing. She was with Max. He was like, it was a, you know, Zeko was like, it was either going to be you or the dark one who's going to show up. And he basically says that um, I lost the woman I love to vampires. And we can only assume that in the same way that Rita is being pursued by Max in this very manipulative way that her mother could have been pursued in the same manipulative way, or it could have actually been love. We never know. Dr. Zeko thinks he's a hero. So um, he basically tells him that we got to find Rita. We have to find her before she feeds on somebody. We have to kill Max. And he takes out um, a, basically a knife, which is attached to um, an, an, what is it called? An onyx? The uh, yeah, it's an Anik, which is like an Egyptian cross. And so, um, they basically, Max takes Rita to the park to go hunt on some Karen. Y'all, this scene came out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> this scene came out of nowhere. So they're in this tree watching this white woman and walk her dog. And Rita was like, no, Max, we can't do it. He's like, she deserves it. And so Max is like, what is a pretty woman like you doing like here? And she's like, I have pepper spray. Don't come near me. And he's like, he doesn't say anything. She's like, you know what? I, I understand the Negro price. Like, what did she well, say? I said, what? <laughs> she's, like, she's like, I understand that you guys are being held down by the chains of oppression. And I said, kill her. Kill her. <laughs> I was like, I don't have time for this. And so he basically attacks her and then Rita runs because she's like, oh my God, Max, no, no, kill this woman. And he stops her. He's like, first of all, the transformation that happens. The stuff of nightmares. <laughs> that is the <laughs> ugliest, the ugliest vampire change I have ever seen <laughs> in my fucking life. Oh, I was like, all charm of this movie was just lost with this, 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 <laughs> this, like, whoa why is this necessary <laughs> right it was, I was like like he's already a villain and already scary did the 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 maximized skeleton wolf-like non-human prosthetics help <laughs> like so basically he's like you have to feed you have to feed your thirst if you don't feed you're gonna die but it's like fuck no so rita runs to a church and she's like god help me for i have sinned you know protect me from all this evil and she's at this church and max you know gets her from the church and brings her back to the apartment right and so um as they're at the apartment he's like rita babe you've got to feed or you're gonna die and rita's like i want to die i don't want to live this life i don't want to be mortal i don't want to be a fucking vampire i don't want to be attached to you for the rest of my life and so as they're having this conversation julius's uncle comes in and he basically pierces his neck it's like rita you have to feed you have to do it and just as she's about to bite the uncle justice comes in with dr zeko and he's like rita you got to stop and rita's like on the verge of turning and justice and max start to fight justice and julius fight dr zeko gets injured the uncle you know is out there hiding and shit like that um julius loses an eye he keeps he's continuously losing body parts throughout this entire film btw he's lost an eye um he you know and so dr zeko who's injured gives um justice you know the knife he says you have he's like be careful rita might have turned 
she might be your enemy too. And so he goes behind this wall where the coffin is and he opens the coffin. He's about to stab and it's Rita. And he's like, he's like, uh, Max is like, you can't save her anymore. She's too far gone. And like, no, he's like, I want to save her. She almost bites him. He gets distracted. Justice ends up dropping the knife. They fall on the floor. Rita, it seems like all hope is lost. She's like, I'm, he, you know, Max is like, is this good enough blood for you? And Rita's like, it's perfect. And she goes to choke Justice and, and she picks up the knife. She's like, as she turns to Max, she says, a part of me that loves you. And then she stabs him in the heart with the knife, basically. And then, um, the Max. ugliest transformation that is the worst <laughs> version of him oh my god it really is oh yeah i was talking about how he had wind powers in this scene it was oh. a lot it was um rita stabs max to the chest max dies and i guess when a vampire dies it's a very big cosmic thing where um you know the windows bust out you know a lot of shit happens he basically he gets stabbed he dies he turns into a white bat and then that bat kind of like dissipates into the air and justice hugs Rita and he's like, Rita, you're okay. Um, and she picks up her cross necklace that Max had took off for her early. And she says, crosses my heart and hope to die. And I was that like, that line, I was like, nah, geez, I don't know what. That was corny. Right. And so we think the movie's going to end, but it's like five minutes left. And so they were like, well, shit, Julius is like, has no eye no arm <laughs> like almost dying but he's like hey i got a limo hey i got a limo so nephew and um uncle jump into the car and julius is like we in this we in this shit i got a limo and so he turns he pulls back the sunroof and a ring that max had on drops from through the sunroof he puts on the ring and turns in from a ghoul to a vampire and that's you would think that before this I had very many last straws. This is my last straw. I said <laughs> Max Absolutely. earlier said when he turned into a ghoul, oh, you could make one day make a fine vampire. I didn't think right. he meant something right. by a ring. Right. What's it? <laughs> That's the end of the movie, BTW. Basically, he not only does he turn into a vampire, his clothes upgrade simultaneously. So all of the bum clothes he had on turn into like oh. really nice clothes. He's got really nice hair, and now he's a vampire. He's like, there's a new vampire in Brooklyn. Yeah. Also, drive off. his accent changed. Now he's from wherever. Yes. yes! <laughs> I was like, I was like, no, he's not speaking like Max. I said this nigga was born and raised in Brooklyn. The fuck? <laughs> I was done. Listen, you think I would have been done earlier? I was done here. I was like, oh, I'm done. I can't. I can't anymore. <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, was 1995 Vampire in Brooklyn. Feelings. <laughs> I was hysterical. I thought this movie was so funny. But that last part, I was also confused. When he turned into a vampire, I was sitting there like, what in the, why? I said, ain't no way in hell. Ain't no way. <laughs> I can't believe I saw a movie about a vampire. And the way somebody actually got turned into one was through a ring. Nobody was bitten into a vampire. Especially when he was making it seem like Rita was the last chance for this tribe to survive. (laughs) The whole movie, the whole point of finding Rita was like to mate and possibly, I don't know, 
birth more um, Nisafato children, whatever like that. And it doesn't seem like when somebody's he even says in the movie, just because you're bit, he's like, vampires are an exclusive race. Just because you're bit doesn't mean you get yeah. to come to the club. And I said, this Lord is not <laughs> make it make sense, but Jesus. If I have the ring I can? Okay. <laughs> make it make sense. Make it make sense. Um God. Th- those are my feelings. Um, Corey, what was your feeling when the movie ended? Um, like Marion said, this movie is like comedic gold. I've seen this movie before, so like watching it again, I was like, yeah, this is like so funny. So it's just now that I'm seeing it as an adult, mm-hmm. like I can get more of the jokes in it. But once again, do not watch this with any kind of like, oh, I'm gonna watch this through like a critic's eye or being serious, or you no. will not enjoy this movie. No. Like if the movie is a joke, <laughs> like literally, it's a joke Neil, in a good way. Yes, Mia. What were your feelings when the movie ended? It was crazy, a roller coaster. I was, I the amount of times I said "What just happened?" while watching this movie <laughs> was very high. I, and the thing is, I'm like, there's a potential for a good movie to be here. Like I, I felt like there were ideas, but I just the, it was just so camp, and like I was just like, I okay, just- this is crazy. As much comedic gold as this is, when I say I want black vampires, this is not it. <laughs> this is not it. Um, let's talk about production really quick. We can just talk about some stuff I found on Wikipedia. Um, it says Vampire in Brooklyn was released in the United States on October 27th, 1995. Um, it received mostly negative reviews and it failed to meet the expectations at the box office. <laughs> Over the years, though, the film has gained a cult following. So, according to this article that's quoted, um, Charlie Murphy, the movie was originally... Charlie Murphy said that the movie was originally going to be a straight horror film with no laughs. But Wes Craven, who I think is the director... Yes, Wes Craven. Wes Craven brought a different focus to it. He said Maximilian wasn't going to have any redeeming qualities, but Wes taught us that we must get the audience to care about our characters... And even if they didn't know any vampires personally, they would at least have to identify with the type of person he was, right? And then Anna Murphy about the movie said, I've always wanted to do something where I was the villain in the movie. I love horror pictures. I was a big fan of Wes Craven. This movie started out as something small. Um, This movie with my company just going to produce the screenplay came together so well that I thought it would be a fun role to play. Because I got to do something kind of scary and had a safety net because the vampire could turn into other people, I get to be funny when I'm the preacher. I get to be funny when I'm the Italian guy. The vampire is pretty straight. I got all these funny stuff happening around me. I felt it was a unique piece to do. Filming lasted 55 days, y'all. Not even two months. (laughs) In three locations in New York City. And the rest was in L.A. Um... I'm not going to read any critical things about it because, honestly, you can't be really critiquing this movie <laughs> like that. Um, But, yeah. I would just like to say that the one-liners had to be some of the best parts of this movie. When, <laughs> um, at the very end, when Julius was like, um, no, I'm not going in there. My homie over there, like, he helped me out. And his uncle go, he helped you out? Have you looked at yourself recently? <laughs> <laughs> With his arm half his fake right the way julius was so like loyal to max was hilarious because like bitch what have you gained from this besides a decaying body and lost limbs (laughs) anytime that max was flying was funny as hell Um, yes oh my god yes (laughs) the special effects of this movie are a charm um yeah 
they went, it's like you can't get effects like that anymore. No, because they would it, when he rolled in when the smoke rolled in and then the camera you see Eddie Murphy in the fog. I busted out laughing. I said, "This is not the way he looks." I said, "What is this outfit?" <laughs> okay let's talk about um what was if you had a favorite part of the movie what was your favorite part of the movie nia hmm oh my goodness honestly favorite part like the i don't even know like so much of it was just like oh my god i loved the john witherspoon moments oh my god when Mm -hmm. like okay listen the nephew and john witherspoon like just talking to each other and then the nephew like having all these one-liners okay you know what was so funny this just popped in my head when Angela Bassett was going into the car he said he was like there ain't no pizza joints in this area like he I was cracking me up yes so when Justice was trying when when Rita was going on her date with Max and Julius comes to pick them up, he's like, oh, you thought you was getting some ass tonight. <laughs> Lying about going to a pizza joint, the pizza joints around here, bitch. I <laughs> cracked up. That was funny. That was a good one. Corey, what was your favorite part of the movie? Well, maybe when they were dancing to the Caribbean music. I feel mm. like, because that part sticks out in my mind a lot. Like, when I think of the movie and then, like, Angela Bassett transforming. Mm. That was a good one. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. What about you, uh, Marin? Um, I don't have to be two parts. When he told the dog, the dog to jump because I was not expecting that. <laughs> that jump, that image of that dog going to the harbor will I will never forget that. And then <laughs> when the uncle went into Max or Julius's place and was like, "I need fifty. You owe me fifty bucks." And as he's walking up <laughs> in the place, goes, "It's a bad motherfucker." <laughs> he paused. He said, "What?" <laughs> Um, my favorite parts would have to be a whole motherfucker that took me out of the beginning. I said, "Oh, this is gonna be black as fuck." <laughs> and my second favorite is that one moment that Justice and and Rita had, when I was like, "This would have been a fantastic rom com." Oh, yeah, um, <laughs> I it too. Yes, I did too. I was like, "Ah, I'm screaming!" Um, that was great. But yeah, no, those were hilarious. <laughs> um. Um. Also, when Julius pulls up with the limo for the first time, and he's like going to a wedding. He's like a funeral. <laughs> and I was just like Julius. And if you don't know, the actor who plays Julius is, is um is what is his name? His name is Kadeem Hardison, and he's um Dwayne Wayne from a different world. Uh. So I it was just this movie was hilarious. Um. Anything on the plot. That was confusing or that you were not expecting. Uh Corey. Sorry. Oh, oh yeah, Corey. Uh the accent, especially because I couldn't oh. place like where yes. he was from. Like, what is this accent? And then um for me, like uh I think you mentioned this earlier, but when he transformed into a wolf, because like I know vampires as like just bats. So mm-hmm. that was like, whoa, like what the what the F? But you probably you already explained it like in other cultures, like vampires mm-hmm. can shape shift into anything. So yeah. Okay, Nia, what was your most confusing or most unexpected part? Oh my goodness. Um like so much of it. <laughs> so confusing. <laughs> Just like the fact that he can shape shift into different people. Yes. And I was like, when did he it's like he's an endless power machine. Just constant yeah. powers. Oh, um, what about you, Nia? I uh, not Nia. Nia. Man, mm-hmm. my bad. Um, most confused. oh. 
I thought that I didn't realize Max was going to be the menace he was. I thought mm-hmm. she was going to find out she was going to be a vampire and then everything was going to make sense. I didn't think mm-hmm. he was literally going to be terrorizing her for the whole movie. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I was expecting him to like at the beginning I was like, oh, he was just going to find this woman and like explain to her her lineage. It's going to be like a young adult. Mm-hmm. And it was definitely more horror. Because the scariest parts to me were the the very sadistic ass tactics that are reminiscent to how serial killers pick their victims. Yeah. Like I say that this is a murder reader and somebody listens to true crime. I was like the isolation tactic, like the following her around. I was like, this is scary as fuck. Um, <laughs> this is scary as fuck. But the most unexpected part to me is just the cut. Well, the animals, like having a connection with the animals, like the dogs is kind of like, reminiscent of most vampire lore where like vampires like can scare off dogs and shit like that but the snake oh and then the cockroach that was i was like please no (laughs) when he saw the cockroach i said he's not about to yep he ate it he ate it that was one of the most unexpected parts to me also like the boat crash like i don't know (laughs) that was the slowest boat crash in the world and it was so noisy but like the level of the lure in this like if i was being a real critic i'm like none of the lore makes sense it doesn't like they only (laughs) add power like was the wind power necessary he didn't even use the wind or the firepower like that like and how far do his powers go and I'm also more interested, like, if we're talking about, like, if I wanted to see, like, a reboot or a second story, I want to know what happened in Bermuda. Because mm-hmm. they were, the, allude, the alluding to that the Bermuda Triangle exists because these vampires are camped up on an island eating people. I <laughs> I need to know what's up. Um, But yeah, uh, Corey, what do you give Vampire in Brooklyn? I feel like this is a movie you can't really rate. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I feel like, like you have to rate it within camp movies. You can't like rate yeah. this against like good horror movies. Within like in terms movies, of enjoyment, yeah. I would give it like an eight. Like for mm-hmm. my enjoyment of the movie, not like the actual like cri- like critiquing the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Nia, what do you give it? I I same. Like I was on the edge of my seat because I was just so entranced in how chaotic this was. So I'd give it like an eight as well. Mm, okay. Marion, what do you give it? Yeah, I give it an eight as well. Um, yeah, I give it like a seven. I give it a seven. Um, <laughs> this is the first movie in a long time where I have to pause like seven times in the first 10 minutes to just gather myself. Um, but 90 movies have those kind of effects. Also, it was nice to just see Eddie Murphy again. Like I haven't watched a lot of black centered film in a while. And now I just really want to watch the Angel Bassett rom-com because she just looks great um but yeah vampire in brooklyn we recommend it you please for the love of god y'all know how we like to critique our media turn your brain off when you watch this film (laughs) it's a specific genre it has it's 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 not trying too hard it knows what it's doing the film doesn't take itself entirely too seriously um which is why it has a great cult follow cult following on it but yeah we're back in the we're back in the swing of black cinema next i'm making everybody watch one of my favorites cradle to the grave i can't <laughs> wait till we do that i haven't seen this movie in years but I cannot wait till we do that. It's going to be so much fun. Um, but if you guys also have recommendations of black films that you want us to watch, hit us up on Twitter at Commented or TikTok at Commented Podcast or join our Discord server and make suggestions there. Somebody's usually always online to chat and talk to you. 
Um, and don't forget to leave us a motherfucking five star rating if you don't want to end up like Final Form Max in this movie. If you don't want to end up like this dog in the harbor or Julius with his rotten skin, give us a five star review. Um, um, on Spotify where you ever listen to. But until next time, I'm Tori. I'm Marin. I'm Nia. And I'm Decoria. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.